It's Edmonton's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Mario Tonaguzzi coming to you today with Edmonton's Podcast, a member of Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen in Edmonton, Alberta, so you can listen, discover, and engage. Today's guest is Kirsta Frankie, who is well-known in Edmonton with several businesses, which we'll get into in a few minutes. Uh, welcome to the show, Kirsten. Thanks for taking the time to be here for our listeners. Thanks so much, Mario. So when you sent me your bio, you had a bunch of uh, uh, business initiatives there that you're involved in. Uh, let's just start by telling me uh, a little bit about that. Yeah, we'll dive right in. Um, so I founded a company called Wild Heart Collective in 2012. Um, it was uh, meant to be a bit of my own uh, sole proprietorship uh, where I was a contractor enacting people's really creative ideas and really putting some bones in production behind that. So basically a project manager for a number of different things. However, um, at the time I started the company, I was working for a local business on 124th Street. It's a popular thoroughfare in Edmonton here. And I realized there was no local grocery in the neighborhood. Um, so I quickly started my own initiative to start a weekly um, evening time farmer's market. Uh, I work in the hospitality industry and I'm not always able to make it on a Saturday morning to pick up my fresh produce or locally made products. So we wanted to gear something towards uh, kind of my demographic that happened from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. and was more of a weekly street festival um, slash farmer's market where people could come to. So from uh, May 2012, we've grown that market now uh, going into our ninth season here in the city and it's um, really taken on a life of its own. Um, and then since then, under the Wild Heart Collective umbrella, we have grown our team to six individuals. So we're still a small company, but we create from the heart and do a lot of different interesting activities in the city from whether it's producing a 55,000 person festival to doing small business consulting and marketing communication strategy for small businesses here in the city. Okay. And you mentioned to me prior to we getting online here, you have something else called the public. Tell me what that's about. Yeah. So the public is kind of this beautiful evolution of everything that we've worked on in the city. Um, we really love to make gap assessments. And what we saw is um, there is an incredible amount of small to medium sized food companies that exist across um, Edmonton and Calgary between the two regions. Um, but there's no actual physical infrastructure to support those companies and scale up of their operation. There's very limited resources when it comes to that. So what we also wanted to look at was where they also need to be assisted at in the development of their company that's not physical infrastructure, that's not just kitchen equipment or a communal access to um, all of this equipment that we'll have within our, our facilities. So really brokering relationships from every line of the food chain, whether it is sourcing ingredients to distribution to working um, to connect them to the proper banks or investors that want to help them with that scale-up approach. So the public is a modern business incubator for um, hundreds of businesses uh, across the province once we fully go to launch. Oh, excellent. Uh, go back in time for me and let, uh, <laughs> tell me a little bit about the history of how you started uh, and, and why you started Wild Heart Collective. That's a, it's a great question. Actually, my experience and my education is in journalism and professional communications. 
which is weird. Uh, I never went to school uh, about, you know, trying to, I never went to school for my MBA. I didn't go to school on how to start a business. Um, somehow, eight years later, find myself running uh, two different companies. But yeah, so my path was kind of along the lines of, I want to make Edmonton a better place. That was where I started with that. It wasn't at the core value of what career do I want? I just wanted to make the place that I decided to live in a better place all around. So with that, Wild Heart was created. Um, and it was kind of a mishmash of a bunch of different consulting activities at that point. And it's really grown to the fact that we have um, a few dozen different clients that we work with in the city. And I would say 80% of the clients that we work with are food-based businesses or food-based companies or small to medium-sized companies here in the city. So where's the um, genesis of that name and, and the reason for the name? If I'm honest with you, um, I was a child born in the 80s from a mother that really loved Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Nicks. Uh-huh. And I never really thought that Wild Heart would grow to what it is today, um, to have you know the breadth of what it is today. Um, so it was kind of my own personal touch on this company that I didn't know how far it was going to go. So. I decided to keep the name and keep the umbrella under that. And it's actually really reflective of the work that we do and the community and team that we attract to the work that we do. Um, we all do create from the heart and um, we're a really amazing collective group of individuals with lots of different skills. What are the benefits of, uh, of having a business and operating a business in Edmonton these days? You know, I think it's a well-connected network of small to medium sized companies in the realm that we work in specifically. And with that breeds entrepreneurs who are all working collectively and they're um, really thriving in a supportive environment um, that really breeds new ideas. So for me, Edmonton has been a, a place where we're able to be creative in our approaches. It's not just a straight line from point A to B um, on how to produce an event in full or how to enact a strategy. And there's a lot of people who think outside of the box as well when you're looking at not just providing um, something that's cookie cutter. So um, that's some of the benefits, I would say. So when it comes to creativity, where then, where do you find it? Where do you get it, uh, say, outside of an office environment? Yeah. Um, I'm a very community-driven person. I like to be involved in my community. I'm on a lot of volunteer community leagues. Um, I, you know, like to know all the neighbors on my street, but really where the inspiration comes from is traveling, um, bringing back little pieces of things that are really magical and inspire me about other places. Um, so we do inspiration journeys on an annual basis, basically go outside our comfort zone, whether it's to New York or to Europe and explore markets and events and initiatives that are happening there and, and bring a little piece of that back. But I'm also a, a pretty big gardener and outdoors person too. You know, they say being in nature really is a, is a spot to be for people, right? For, for their mental health and, uh, and, and other things, physical health too, right? Absolutely. And, you know, just even cycling, I have the opportunity, our office is centrally located and so is my, my neighborhood. So I can bike to work um, when it's not minus 47 degrees outside like <laughs> it is today. Um, and um, I'm lucky enough to be able to, um, I've raised garden beds at my home and then my parents have property an hour outside the city. So I do quite a bit of gardening where I can. Excellent. What's the toughest challenge you've faced and had to face in being an entrepreneur? You know, I started my company when I was quite young. I was 23. 
didn't know a lot about some of the industries that I was entering into. Um, so a lot of it was self-discovery. But also I think that being a woman was difficult, especially being a young woman and being uh, taken seriously at that level of my career. That's been quite difficult um, and something that I continue to face um, even now as my company's evolved and my position within the city has evolved. Um, but it's definitely gotten better. And then I would say scale is another another piece. You know, whether you're going from just a one woman show to a, you know a half a dozen person team, really realizing that you can't be everything for yourself, and putting together a really great team that has a well rounded group of skills to do that. So that was something that was a big one for me. Now imagine you've talked to a lot of people over the years about being an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. Does anything stick in your mind as the best piece of advice you've received? I think people have this assumption that as an entrepreneur, it is an easier lifestyle that um, you get to do what you want for yourself and no one tells you what to do. Um, but I am my own worst boss. <laughs> I will fully go to admit that. Um, I can be harder on myself than any boss has ever been in any job that I've ever worked. So knowing that um, it's going to be harder to work for yourself than someone else, I think is a great piece of advice. And that really drives me and motivates me. But it was a difficult realization doing this full time for myself. So if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what do you think you'd be doing? Maybe a journalist working for the Edmonton Journal? No, I <laughs> no, would not no. be in print journalism. <laughs> I would not. Not a good industry um, to be in these days. You know, yeah, it's, it was... It, when I graduated, it was um, ailing, and to, the reality is it doesn't really exist to the this vision that I had for it before. Um, it's changed quite a bit. So I think if I were, I would want to, you know, work hard but still do things that um, were part of my lifestyle. So something like owning a flower shop. So still being an entrepreneur, <laughs> but owning a flower shop or um, a small scale farm an urban farm, something like that would be a lot of fun because I love working with my hands and being outside. So that's what I'd probably do if I wasn't doing what I do now. Did you grow up on a farm? I didn't, um, but my family's history is deeply rooted in farming communities in Saskatchewan and Manitoba. So oh, okay. um, I've been able to take a deep, deep dive into my past on what that is, but we do work with a lot of farmers and small scale growers here in the city too, being that we have the farmer's market, but also these it's a next generation of farmers that are my age that are just first generation farmers really trying to start something different. Um, so they're attracted to the work that we do. Okay. I'm going to ask you a few kind of personal questions. Um, everybody's got a bucket list these days. I'm just wondering, uh, and not, not related to business, but more on your personal life. What do you see as being sort of the, near the top or at the top of your bucket list right now? Well, I'm motivated in travel by the different cuisines in different cultures. Um, well, firstly, actually, I want to go on a honeymoon because my <laughs> husband and I got married last summer and it's been so busy that we haven't got to go on our honeymoon. So um, we're going to Spain and Portugal this summer, which I'm quite excited for. So that's a bucket list item. Um, but Japan and Vietnam are two really huge food cultures that I've wanted to explore um, that are at the very, very top of that bucket list, I would say. Um, so mostly bucket list items are eating lots of fun, different stuff in different countries. Is there, you know, when you talked earlier about traveling around to different places, is there any particular place you fondly remember for its cuisine? One of the most surprising, um, I would say, would be Budapest. 
Um, it's, it's a really interesting melting pot of lots of different culture, but still deeply rooted in, um, like traditionally, um, German or European food. So like heavy goulashes, paprikas, big spices. Um, so all the goulash houses there was just like super surprising for me. And I really enjoyed, um, anything I ate there and they had a lot of really incredible markets that you could just kind of turn the corner and stumble upon as well as um, they're well famous for their Grand Budapest market. So it was really cool to explore a place like that. Yeah. Excellent. Now, um, obviously being an entrepreneur takes up a lot of your time. I, I know it well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what would you say are some of the keys to uh, creating a series of uh, work-life balance? Um, find that you have it or I don't find I have it <laughs> just yet but as I'm getting older and thinking about some of the personal goals I have for myself um, whether it is you know something like starting a family um, those are things that you definitely have to think about so really what I'm focusing on right now is providing a really good level of strategy and a really good platform for the team that I've built and I'm going to continue to grow so that I can have a little more of that but I think it's a good recipe of eating really well, sleeping at least seven hours a night if you can get it, and um, exercising when you can at least a few times a week, um, but not pushing yourself to the point where you're killing yourself trying to work and also have that life balance too. So sometimes if you just have to go home at the end of a long day and take a, a breath, um, I've been better at telling myself when that needs to happen. Uh, do you have a routine that you follow each day or is it just kind of whatever happens? Yeah, you know, day day by day, I could start my day at 7 a.m. some days, um, like be at the office by 7. Um, and some days uh, I'm lucky enough to be able to work from home and be in the office by 10 a.m. Um, and some days I have a 16-hour long day and some days it's a regular eight-hour work day. So it really ebbs and flows based on um, the time of year for us. Once we hit March, uh, we're working with over a dozen to two dozen clients to help produce outdoor um, or summer spring oriented events and then that season alongside market season goes all the way till October and then really October once that's finished um, usually November or end of October is when we take some of our inspiration journeys and we do a bit of traveling and recharge and then come back to the Christmas season which is Christmas markets Christmas events um, you know people wanting rebrands those sorts of fun things that we we come back to so it really doesn't yeah it doesn't provide well for a routine <laughs> okay I'm going to ask you a little bit of a different question. So just imagine uh, a beautiful tropical island in the middle of the ocean somewhere. We're going to drop you off on that island. Uh, it has one phone booth, but nothing else in terms of technology. And you're left on your own devices, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> a couple of questions. Uh, how long do you think you would last before making a phone call and asking us, hey, get me back home? And secondly, what do you think you would do while you were there? My first question would be, how many phone calls do I get? <laughs> <laughs> one phone call. <laughs> one phone call. Um, so if it's one phone call, I would probably make it within the first three hours just so I could make <laughs> sure that, uh, that I know someone's coming to get me, even though there's luxuries that are provided by being on an isolated island by yourself in the sun. Um, I'd want to make sure that someone knows where I am because I'm practical that way. But I would probably spend the time exploring the island, minimal outskirts of the island, not going too deep in the forest for, you know, sort of a lost situation. And yeah, just kind of 
explore what's around me, really. Um, if I knew someone was coming to get me, then the fear of being deserted on this island wouldn't really be there. And you could probably uh, figure out some cuisine in, down there. You bet. <laughs> I would start a fire, actually. That would be another thing I would do, just, just in case. Is there anything you'd like to add uh, before you leave us today, Kirsta? Yeah. Um, well, the public is going to be launching this year. We've been working... Um, tirelessly over two years to get this thing going. So it's been a long haul and we just recently started construction last week. So we are very excited to showcase this product um, to the Alberta uh, food scene. It's going to be a really great space where people can create, but also learn um, and fail and succeed together in a community of individuals that really understand that. So I would tell people to check out um, our website, which is jointhepublic.com to find out more information about it and just kind of what we're hoping to launch here this spring. Great. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Edmonton's podcast on Canada's podcast network. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes. And then connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.